Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The 76ers arrive at the true midway point of the season as Sixers and 60 presented by Toyota is back on the air. Two-part equation to tonight's episode. My name is Brian Seltzer here at TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. We're at the top of the hour. The 76ers at 20 and 20 go up against the 34 and 11 Eastern Conference leading Boston Celtics. And back at Mission Control headquarters in the Delaware Valley at Sixers Central is none other than 97 five the fanatic sixers insider devon givens good evening devon what's up Celts is good to be back man always enjoy of course doing the sixers and 60 shows and tonight is a very special one because we possibly get to see something live on the air of course Yes, we are going to be monitoring the Twitter sphere and television airwaves actively to find out who it will be that has been voted into the starting lineups for both the Eastern and Western Conference for the All-Star Game this year. So, of course, the Sixers have two potential candidates, Joel Embiid, who had really strong fan returns in the voting over the last two and a half weeks, Ben Simmons trying to make a push to get in as well and form the Ben and Joe Show. Also coming up on the program, we're going to hear from TJ McConnell a little bit later on. We'll take some phone calls once we have the official starters for the All-Star Game, and you can react to whether the Sixers have one or potentially two guys in the annual Superstar Exhibition. So why don't we start there, Mr. Devon? What do you think the case you would make for both one, Joel Embiid, and two, Ben Simmons? Well, with Joel Embiid to start, Celts, I would look at it as what he's done thus far this season and, and the numbers that he's been able to put up. I mean, he's just been fantastic on the year. We know about the games missed, and we've we always talk about that. We understand exactly that with Joel Embiid. We know what we're getting when it comes to him. But for him to be putting up 24 points, 10.8 rebounds, and basically two blocks per game in 31 minutes is just fantastic. It's phenomenal. And that's just a great, great uh, starting point for what this team is as they start to build things up for this uh, particular team. And with Ben Simmons, you look at his numbers, Brian, again, for a rookie, 16.8, 7.3 assists, 
eight rebounds. And he's he's tailed off a little bit, but he t- he's taking a back seat from time to time. And with those numbers, and you simply look at those, you look at them and say, if the wins were a little bit higher, it would be a lock. But right now, I still do consider those all-star numbers. Last time the 76ers had two players in the same year in an all-star game it was back in 2002 when the game itself was played at the center and Allen Iverson and Dikembe Mutombo were there. But I don't know about you, Devon. I feel like just the fact, given how few games Embiid and Simmons have played to this point in their careers, I think it's actually right at 101 between the two of them combined. The fact that they've already generated so much support and interest from voting fans out there. The last time we got returns a week ago, Joel Embiid was third overall among front court players and fourth overall in the Eastern Conference. Of course, there's five starters, so the top five vote getters get in from the East. And Ben Simmons was eighth overall and third among guards. So it's clear that people are understandably taking notice, whether it's in Philadelphia, the surrounding area, or really across the planet. You can vote anywhere with this whole internet thing um, of what these two guys are doing. Yeah, and it's amazing. And uh, Ben Simmons with the uh, final numbers, it looks like he's third so far in the in the, in the uh, voting for the Eastern Conference guards, which is fantastic. And you're absolutely right. So, so uh, just amazing to to look at what they've both done for this young team and get the consideration cells from the the fan base around the country, noticing what the Philadelphia 76ers are doing. We do have some breaking news just in. The NBA on TNT wasting no time during their televised broadcast. The Eastern Conference All-Star starters are in, and Joel Embiid has made it. How about so there that? you go. How about that? Ben Simmons, not a part of the group. Embiid will be joined by LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kyrie Irving, who's not playing, by the way, for the Celtics tonight, and the Toronto Raptors, DeMar DeRozan. So... How about that for Joel Embiid getting into the All-Star game as a starter, no less, having played a total of just 62 games in his NBA career. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, 31 games this season so far, so it's out of the 40. It's pretty good, and I understand that sometimes, you, you know, you look at it and some maybe fans and even coaches around the league may look at that and say, well, he missed nine games. That's not enough. Well, considering what this team is and what he has done in those 31 games and has not really set out due to injury, for the most part, it's been rest, you know, the, the, the management, the load management by the team, it's hard to keep him out. And again, for the po- the popularity that he has around the NBA, around the basketball world, for them to vote him in in the top three in the front court voting in front of Kristaps Porzingis, who is in New York and also has a big-time fan base, I think is pretty good for what Joel Embiid has done thus far. And uh, with the voting so far with the starters, with LeBron James has been named the captain sells for the Eastern Conference. Well, that should be awesome to watch. Of course, there's a new format this year where there's a captain from each conference. They'll be able to select their players. And you just think, Devon, of the journey that Embiid has gone on to get to this point so early on in his career. It really is a fantastic story. And everything about him, the bar has been set high from even going back to 2014 when the Sixers picked him third overall. Some of the injuries he had to incur to come back from that. And it was clear essentially from... 
pretty much game one of his professional career, not even 15 months ago, what type of talent he could be, and that's been recognized. Amazing rise from starting, again, as we know, playing basketball around the age of 16 to where he is today being one of the very best in the best league in the world when it comes to his sport. So to see his rise, his ascension from being this young kid in Cameroon, going to Kansas, finding his way there, elevating to the best player on that team and of course the best potential NBA draft prospect that year being drafted third with the foot injury we know how everything went over the last few seasons here as well and then only playing in 31 games a season ago already matching that this season Celts and having the Sixers only a game out of the eighth place in the Eastern Conference playoffs run a half a game behind the Indiana Pacers you know what he is we've already seen what he has done and he's just getting started so a special pe- special player that we have here in Philadelphia and there's obviously more to come we just can't wait to see it why don't we go to some sound right now this was Joel Embiid earlier this morning here in Boston speaking after shoot around about the possibility of being named an all-star starter which he now has achieved I feel like if uh, my players is going to do the talks, uh, if I'm an all-star starter, uh, that'd be great. Um, But I feel like I have the resume to be an all-star. But tonight, by getting a win, is about being the Celtics team. That's three and no against us. So uh, I don't want to lose the series, so I want to win tonight. So how about that, Joel Embiid, <laughs> keeping things in perspective. He wants the dub against the Seas tonight in the fourth and final meeting. But he also, Devon, not only boasts the skill package that you certainly could say yes is all-star worthy he's got the whole aura and the personality about him too yes and while i agree with everything and i believe every word he says uh just a little bit more he does definitely want to be this all-star starter so you know he's thrilled right now to find out who he is and you're right just the total package and having that aura off the court where he's able to reach so many people and whether it's on social media during his interviews so many people again just simply love to be able to interact with him and see the fun nature of who Joel Embiid is and of course this basketball game while it's serious and it's a business for those guys it's also about fun so the entertainment part of it Joel Embiid does not lack at all this is Sixers in 60 presented by Toyota a little bit later on we're going to hear from TJ McConnell coming off of a career best 18 point performance in Monday's win over the Toronto Raptors but why don't we open up the phone should we do that Devon after this break absolutely let's do it Celts all right, 610-632-0975. You can react to Joel Embiid being named the 76ers' first all-star starter since Allen Iverson in 2010. What have you been most impressed with? What has Joel meant to you as a Sixer fan watching this season? Ben Simmons, not a part of the starting five, but still a chance for him to be named a reserve. Those players will be announced this coming Tuesday, uh, January 23rd. The phone number again, 610-632-0975. It's Sixers in 60, presented by Toyota. Brian Seltzer up here in Boston. Devine Givens back at Mission Control. We'll be right back after this on 97.5 The Fanatic. Guys like Hal Greer, Will Chamberlain, Billy Cunningham, Doug Collins, Julius Irvin, Moses Malone, Mo Cheeks, Allen Iverson, Charles Barkley, they have company. Joel Embiid named a starter 
to this year's NBA All-Star Game out of the Eastern Conference. He'll be alongside LeBron James, the captain out of the East, reunited, potentially, depending on how the teams are selected, with Kyrie Irving. Also in that group, DeMar DeRozan and Joel Embiid plus Giannis Antetokounmpo. A great honor for the second-year big man out of Cameroon. Brian Seltzer coming to you from TD Garden here in Boston, along with Devon Givens back at Mission Control in the Delaware Valley. This is Sixers and 60 presented by Toyota. Something else, Devon, that comes to mind is that Joel Embiid has accomplished this essentially without practicing really much at all <laughs> this entire season. Like right. his whole year has been based around gameplay. That's just so that just goes to show again how good he is as a player. Now so that's something that you would like him to do, and maybe some things that could be much better in game would help because of the practice time. But again, that just goes to show what kind of special talent Joel Embiid is for the 76ers. He's a guy that just seems like the entertainment factors there about his game in yep. addition to the skill. So a great accomplishment for Joel Embiid. You can join us, and we can talk about it at 610-632-0975. Devon, who do we got up first? Well, right now, we'll just uh, keep it moving right now as we uh, try to uh, keep this conversation going about the 76ers and Joel Embiid and his addition to the All-Star game. So I think that's what we should just keep doing right now. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get some, we'll get to some calls in a bit. All right. Well, I think uh, the thing about it is, is like he already built this up last year and he was so close to getting in a season ago. Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, I think that the argument certainly could have been made um, that there was some snubbage this time last season. But it was still so early on in his career. He'd also come down with the injury in January. So who knows if he would have been able to even get into the game. But it seems like between media, fans, the respect factor clearly there now for Embiid. Yeah, it, it clearly is and that and that's good to see knowing that they recognize the talent that he does possess. They realize he is in that group of one of the best players in the NBA. This is you can argue arguably that he is the best center even though he has only played in the 31 of the possible 40 games. It's good to see the recognition from the fan base, of course, the way he's able to connect. They see his talent and same with the media. And he's very good with the media when it comes to speaking with them and being honest and sharing his honest feelings, both in wins and losses. And then also just recognizing again what he's come from, what he's been holding on to when he finally is able to get on the floor and show us as a, as fans and, and media what he's capable of doing on the basketball floor, helping carry his team to that possibly next step. 610-632-0975. 18 double-doubles in 31 games for Joel Embiid. He has the 12th most double-double total in the league. So, Devon, from your standpoint, when you look at how Embiid has evolved from what we've seen so far this year, where would you say the state of his game is at right now? Well, I think he's still trying to find that balance of playing on the post and also playing out on the perimeter. We know he's both very talented to be able to do both, and he's a matchup nightmare for so many of his uh, opposition, and that's, that's the key for him being able to, again, just simply trying to find that way, uh, find that uh, the balance of also when to pace himself when they do play the run-and-gun type of style, the pace-and-space style that Brett Brown does implore for the 76ers. So that's one thing that I would like him to do. And the turnovers are something that we also know as being a young player, Brian, as you talked about, playing in just a little over 60 games in the two years that he's been 
on the floor for his basketball team, he's still going to need to recognize when those double teams come because they are. He's proving, again, with the numbers that he's putting up that he's a a load to deal with on the floor. But recognizing the talent, I mean, pardon me, the double teams that come uh, from time to time on the floor, keeping the turnovers down, finding a way to simply pace himself and balancing his outside and inside ability to help out his basketball team, I think that's the next step to show his elevation as a basketball player. For me, Devon, what was encouraging after the game on Monday when he went for 34 points and 11 rebounds against the Raptors was he really seemed to acknowledge outwardly that he can be at his most effective when he's getting deep catches in the paint Mm -hmm. by the basket. And he even admitted that, you know what, against the Celtics last Thursday in London, maybe there was too much hanging around the perimeter and probing, and he seemed to very much be on board with the notion that it's like all right you know what when i'm in there deep and i can get to the basket and impose my will on the block that's when i can be most effective and what what he can do with his jump shot and the touch that's what makes him so different than a lot of other bigs that we've seen for players at his size but it is nice to hear him say that you know what i probably could butter his bread a little bit more regularly on the block sure and when he does that too Celts, not only does he get his baskets very easily because he can go over either shoulder right or left shoulder he also opens things up for his teammates and you look at the starters Celts right now all five starters are averaging double figures and that just goes to show again how easy the jump shots do come where you have J.J. Redick averaging 17 points a game right now Robert Covington a little bit of a dip as of late but still averaging 14 points per game and we know about the outside shooting from those particular players specifically J.J. Redick he opens things up and then when he does get going on the block cells he while it opens things up for everyone else if they get going then he can start to fade away a little bit more to the perimeter starting in that 12 12 area, that 12 foot area, then right around the elbow, and he's very, very lethal when he faces up, shows the ball, and has that rip-through move that he's so good at, what he's been able to do so far with that, stealing that from some of the other players, because we know he watches film of others, specifically guards, to take some of the, the things that they do, so I think that when he recognizes that, and he's focused on doing that. Something that we saw earlier in the season, Celts, when they played the Los Angeles Lakers and he went for that season and career high over 40 points, 46 points, that's when you can see it because he gets it going on the block, then he starts to drift out to the perimeter a little more, hits a few of those, and then those defenders have to start flying at him as well and he loves the pump fake to maybe step in, drive to the basket. He has to be a little careful with those charges, but again, just to be able to play inside, work it outside later, is a lethal, lethal combination for him. Sure, there's a lot of different ways people out there like to quantify production from a player as far as stats and what do you look at. But I really do think one of the more telling indicators, at least as far as Embiid's impact, is how the defensive numbers for the 76ers change when he's on and off the court. They're almost seven points worse when Embiid is not out there. And, I mean, you can understand just by watching uh, the type of presence he commands, particularly defensively, and how that creates such positive ripple effects for the 76ers. So Joel Embiid is a starter named out of the Eastern Conference, one of the five from the East named to this year's All-Star Game, which is going to be on February the 18th at Staples Center in L.A. Um, But the Sixers were also hopeful to potentially get a second player into the All-Star Game, and that, of course, is Ben 
Simmons. Not a starter for the rookie point man out of Australia. Still has a chance to be named as a reserve to this year's All-Star game. This was Brett Brown after morning shoot-around here in Boston talking about what it would mean for the Sixers organization to have one, two possibly All-Stars off the roster. I think that they both are all-stars. I think in their own right, you know, on so many levels, if they put the hand up and, you know, say they, they legitimately should be considered uh, to have the club, you know, have our first all-star since I've been coaching here and, you know, grow one and have two. I feel like the marketplace feels we're on the right track. And, you know, given sort of how we designed this team, it was never designed to, like, win the East. It was about how do you grow Joel and Ben and, and Mark Allen, you know, to hopefully, you know, be a playoff-type team. But I'm happy where we're at, given the injury and given sort of the youth. I'm okay with where we're at. To think that you could almost have two All-Stars out of it would even confirm that more. And the last time that happened for the Sixers was back in 2002 when Iverson and Matumbo went to the game played in Philadelphia. So, Devon, this is going to be pretty compelling and in some ways intriguing to watch just to see how close Simmons might be able to get to making it to an all-star game as a rookie, which hasn't been done since Blake Griffin uh, six and a half years ago because there are going to be some legacy guys that might push Simmons a bit farther out to the bubble, but he did show yes. well in the fan voting. Yeah, he did, ending up third with over uh, 690,000 votes, which is very good for a rookie. Again, Celts, and you look at the competition that he may have, uh, specifically with Andre Drummond, John Wall, Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry, right now for the Toronto Raptors, having a nice season as well. Some others, and you look at Tobias Harris and... Uh, I guess Hassan Whiteside is another potential name that we can look at, but you're right. It's always tough for rookies to crack that all-star uh, nod in his first year. You have to be very special. The numbers that Ben Simmons has been putting up, 17 points a game, 7 assists, and 8 rebounds on average is very, very good. And it does, again, help that he's 20-20. and 20. If they had a few more wins, those close ones that they lost, Celts, it might be a lock. So we will have to wait and see, but we will have an opportunity to uh, next week, as you pointed out, for when the reserves will be announced. This is Sixers and 60 presented by Toyota 610-632-0975. Devon, shall we? We shall. Let's start off with Darius and Chester here on Sixers and 60. Darius, what's going on? Hey, what's up, fellas? How's it going? What's going on, man? It's good, good, good. Everything's well. What you so got tell for us? Um, I'm liking the fact that uh, MD was, you know, named to the All-Star game. And I feel that um, Simmons, he should be able to be a part of the team as well. You know, he brings a lot of charisma as a young player. Um, you know, his drive, his passion, and he's putting up good numbers for the Sixers. He, he certainly is, Darius, and uh, thanks for the call, man. Really appreciate it. He is putting up nice numbers, as we pointed out, 16.8 points per game. Average that out to 17, 7 assists, and 8 rebounds. Ryan, you look at that again. It's tough to crack it as a rookie, but those numbers do stand out and make a lot of noise, and it's going to be difficult for those coaches to leave them off. It's interesting, too, because if we, let's say, look back to Vaughn over the last what are we at, like two and a half, three months, even if you'd stretch it back to the preseason, it seems like based on comments made by opposing coaches and players, like there is no doubt an appreciation for what Simmons' potential 
could be, whether that's enough to get him into the All-Star game as a rookie. That remains to be seen, but um, I think the Sixers' first preseason game, if I'm not mistaken, was against the Memphis Grizzlies, and Dave Fisdale, who has been the coach at the time in his mm-hmm. post-game press conference, he was like, shoot, I'm going to have to worry about this guy for the next 15 years. So I I think that if you pay attention to some of the remarks that coaches in particular have made about Simmons and their early impressions of him, it's pretty telling that they feel like there's a lot of talent there. Yeah, no question. And again, it's going to be tough with some of the names with the legacy votes, as you pointed out, coming into play for this particular vote when we find out next week. But you're right. When you hear something like that from David Fisdale and then other coaches follow themselves later on in the season as things really got going, where they point out the fact that he is that special. And we've seen it. We we know it. And it's just a matter of him being able to sustain that level. And I, I'll look at this too, Celts. If he does not make it, we remember in the preseason when people were talking about Rookie of the Year and him being compared to other rookies, this class in particular, 2017-18 class, he was not worried. He said he was worried about being compared to the to the others, the big ones, and those of course would be the All-Stars, and if he is left off, you know he's a very confident and very prideful guy. I would have to believe that the second half of the basketball season, Celts, will be something that we will really get a chance to see Ben Simmons and show uh, how he feels about being snubbed, if that's the case. And if he were to happen again, and you gotta think, his mentor, the old king, would probably do a lot to try and get him on his roster because LeBron James was voted as one of the two captains. Absolutely. All right, we're about halfway through here on Sixers and 60, presented by Toyota. At the top of the hour, Tom McGinnis has the call of the Sixers and the Boston Celtics. Sixers trying to get at least one game in this four-game season series. We've got one more segment to go if you want to join us. The number is 610-632-0975. We'll also hear from T.J. McConnell coming up on the other side as well. So stay with us here on 97.5 The Fanatic. I feel like I could be much better than... I've been, uh, you know, sometimes I have my moments, sometimes, you know, I'm a little sloppy, especially with the ball, and it comes with the territory, double teams, and still getting adjusted, uh, you know, to playing in the league, still learning a lot, uh, so um, can't wait to keep on progressing. That determined tone being set by a man averaging nearly 24 points, 11 rebounds, around three and a half assists, and just under two blocks per game. It is, of course, Joel Embiid named earlier this hour as a starter to the All-Star game this year, a first for the Sixers since 2010, and a pretty amazing feat for the 23-year-old who has played in just a total of 62 games. This is Sixers and 60 presented by Toyota. My name's Brian Seltzer coming to you from TD Garden in Boston. Devon Gibbons back at Mission Control at our Sixers studios. And Devon, that's also a nice thing about Embiid. He seems not so much content to rest on laurels and sees a much bigger picture in store for himself and the Sixers as well. Absolutely. They know what the goal is. The coach put it out there very early at the start of the season that the playoffs is what it's all about. And he knows that in order for them to do that, he has to be on the floor. So he's not just sitting there and waiting for all these accolades and just let them sit there and speak for themselves. No, he wants to go out and do it. Yes, it's great to get those, especially where he comes from, again, starting in such a late uh, stage of his life playing basketball and to be where he is right now, he understands that. But he also knows what the bigger picture is and seeing how this team has struggled over the past few seasons, All-Star is not just the only thing that they're looking at. They're also looking at making the postseason. 
We will continue the Embiid conversation in just a moment. We'll also touch upon Markel Fultz's status as well. We had the opportunity to catch up with T.J. McConnell. T.J. coming off a career-high 18-point performance Monday in the victory over the Toronto Raptors. And we spoke to him about how good it feels for the Sixers to be rolling right now with five wins out of the last six games. McConnell against the Raptors playing a key role in that. Yeah, um, I think as a team, you know, it felt good. Uh, We really needed that one. Uh, considering we let the one against Boston slip away. Um, and almost against the Toronto Raptors, let it slip away again. So to kind of have a lead, lose the lead, and then finish out down the stretch, it was um, showed a lot of maturity, immaturity, and then some more maturity at the end. And in those, because there have been multiple games like that where you guys have lost the lead, as you mentioned those, Portland as well. What have you learned from those games that potentially helped you in this game, this past game on Monday? Um, Which I think we are, before I say this, um, it's about being together uh, for the entire game. And, um, you know, there are lapses that we have on defense that kind of kill our momentum and we dig ourselves into a hole that we just can't climb out of. Um, and luckily, we uh, stopped the bleeding against Toronto before it, it got worse. Why, why do those lapses happen? I think it's lack of communication. Um, and, and like I said, just about being together. And, and that comes with communicating, uh, helping out one another. And for the most part, we're there. We, we all are brothers in this team. We love each other and we love playing with each other. Um, but... You know, it's about communicating and helping out the next man, and sometimes we lose sight of that. You had a particularly impactful performance yourself against the Raptors. Came in late in the first half when Ben Simmons picked up a couple early fouls, finished with a career-high 18 points. Does that impress you? Do you get impressed when you have a high-scoring night? Um, I just was so laser-focused in on on winning the game and... um, and just helping us do whatever, you know, we, doing what this team needs me to do to win, that uh, I didn't really pay attention to it. And, um, you know, I'm just trying to hold down the fort uh, until Benny uh, came back. Would you say you have been a little bit more aggressive offensively this season compared to the last two? Yeah, I think teams um, are playing my pass. Um, and... You know, I'm still able to get assists, but I think they're trying to make me score more, and I think I've done a good a good job of finding my spots and and, and, and making the the shots that I like to take and make. And um, you know, towards the end of the game, you know, I passed up a few, and I've watched film, and I'm getting the reps. And you know, I thought it was a little selfish of me not to shoot those at the end, as crazy as that sounds. But I'm open. My teammates want me to shoot, and I'm going to shoot. And the competitor that we know you are, sometimes as a competitor, things kind of get you going to give you that extra push. And we know you, you know, got into a little back and forth with uh, the Toronto Raptors, DeMar DeRozan in particular. But it, did that really also help spurn things on to get you going? Because yeah, as a competitor, you just want to go out there and prove now. Right. Um, yeah, it got me going. I think it got the fans going a little bit and my teammates. But um I, I have the utmost respect for DeMar and everything he's accomplished. Um, 
it was really nothing that serious. I thought he kind of just fouled me for no reason and out of frustration and um, was just trying to stick up for myself. It's really that simple. And we got to talk about your scoring because when you talk about getting to your spots and it's in the scouting report, people know where your spots are and your most famous spot is right there at the elbow, but nobody can seem to stop you from getting to the elbow, shooting that jumper or the lean-in jumper. How are you able to get to that spot every time and shoot such a high percentage? You know, just something I've been practicing for a long time. And, you know, when I'm running around the court like a Tasmanian devil, the entire time it's I think it's sometimes it's hard to keep up with me and stop me from getting to a spot that I want to get to and um, I've kind of tried to perfect hitting those jumpers and and it's been working out for me are you a believer in 14 for 35 at the midway point of the season yeah so far I think I I should have more attempts and uh, that's on me that's me passing up good ones and uh trying to just get other people the ball and, and realistically that's selfish of me not, to not shoot open shots and because my teammates and coaches want me to shoot and how often do you hear someone practically not forcing you but telling you to shoot and um, I have confidence in myself it's just I got to shoot them and not hesitate talking with TJ McConnell of the 76ers of course here on Sixers and 60 and about the improved three-point shooting this season shifting gears slightly is Brett Brown like dad in the professional sense? Yeah. Uh, when it, I'm, what I'm trying to say is with my dad, the way he coached me, you know, he was on me as, as tough as anyone could be. And that was the same with Coach Miller at Arizona. And I don't think Coach Brown skipped a beat. Um, you know, I like when coaches coach me and... Uh, are tough on me and 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 you can't always be tough on players in the NBA and and that's just the world we live in but um, I feel like we have a relationship where he can be that way and take his stress out on someone who's had plenty of stress taken out on them in years before and with that your third year in the league cementing yourself with this team a staple in this city as a basketball player as a pro how are you still here fighting every day um, I said this my first year and I, I, I'll say it until my last game of my career I'm going to fight every day like it's my last day in the league so um, I'm going to go down with a fight and um, you know if, if someone wants to try to take my spot it's, it's going to be really really hard and they're going to have to fight really hard you like the association that you have with grit have you seen the shirts? The gritness. The gritness. I, I've seen a few of those shirts. I actually think I have one at home. Um, we were purging my closet yesterday, and, and I found it at the bottom of a pile. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just I play hard. Um, I think I play the right way. Just do anything for my team to win. And um, if you want to label that as gritty and or gritness, that's fine with me. I would think that at this stage of the season, Sixers going into game number 41 right at the halfway point against the Boston Celtics. Stepping back, 20 on either side. I mean, that's, that's pretty decent progress for you guys this year. When you, If you can, in the midst of this whole thing, peel back a layer, make an assessment. What do you think of collectively where everything's at? And at the final 41, uh, what are some of the main items on the to-do list? 
Yeah, I think this being 20 and 20 at the halfway point, which I certainly think we could be better than that. Um, we've certainly been bit by the injury bug and, you know, not using that as an excuse, but it's the world we live in. And um, looking back at my rookie year, uh, what have we already doubled the win total for that year? <laughs> um, so that's major progress. And then last year we won 28 games. So we're only eight games away from surpassing at, at, at the halfway point. So it's it's about making progress. And um, and I think uh, at the halfway point, we've had probably one of the hardest schedules, I would have to say. The, according to good old ESPN.com. And uh, there you go. The hardest schedule in the NBA leading up to this point. Um, so with all the things that have gone wrong injury-wise and the hard schedule, I think we're in a good spot and we're trending in the right direction. The coach, Brett Brown, said that the goal was the playoffs, and he mentioned it to everybody on the team, of course, sitting midway point right now. What have the veterans who you guys have brought in, whether it's J.J., Jared Bayless, Amir Johnson, all who have been there, told you guys, especially now with the 41 remaining, trying to make that push? I think you nailed it. Um, they've been there, and they know what it takes. So um, they're kind of telling us how hard we have to work, what we have to do as a team to get better, and, you know, execution-wise, defensively, how things in the playoffs are just so focused in on, you know, taking away so much and um, how hard you have to execute. Um, they've, the veterans have been beyond great. Wrapping up with T.J. McConnell here on Sixers and 60. A couple perhaps more lighthearted, frivolous things to bring up with you before we close this thing down. Quote, agree or disagree from one Mike D'Antoni. T.J. does not need coffee. He needs something that doesn't have caffeine in it. Agree or disagree? I'd probably agree with him, but coffee's just too good. And D'Antoni's funny, man. Uh, we, he always gets his... I don't even know what it was. Skinny, sugar-free vanilla latte, so he doesn't have much room to talk after uh, how off the wall he was against the Clippers uh, last game. Can you get behind, as a Pittsburgh native, what's happening on the gridiron here in the city of Philadelphia? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you this. Being from Pittsburgh, uh, we've kind of been spoiled even before my time with great players, great teams, and a lot of six Super Bowls. Um, and the passion in the city of Pittsburgh is incredible. But when I went to an Eagles game against the Steelers, I think they, the Eagles beat them like 34-3. to I had never been in an atmosphere like that. So um, I said, and I still say it, that Philadelphia fans are special, special people. And um, they get behind their sports teams like no other, and it's awesome to see. Do they have a chance against the Minnesota Vikings? I think they do. Um, they're at home. Right. No. Yeah, they're at home in a crazy environment, and no one's given them a chance since Carson went down. And they, they, they got to just use the term, just find a way. That's all you need to do, just find a way to win, and they've been doing that. Um, so it's going to be a tough one. And if they do make the Super Bowl, I'd love for them to whoop the Patriots. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I need that to happen. 
you be willing to divulge who from 76ers land danced the hardest at the McConnell wedding back in December, <laughs> September? Um, I would have to say Nick. Nick Stauskas, when he was a Sixer, danced the hardest. Um, but everyone was on the dance floor. Timmy, um, I think Jared was off to the side a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. He was out there dancing. Yeah, everyone was out there. It was it was a great time. It was it was great to see their support there. TJ, we thank you as always for your support of the cause here, especially on the good old radio waves. The true good guy, as named by the Philadelphia Sports Writers Association. So congratulations on that. Thank you very much. TJ McConnell, a very good sport. Rejoined by. Devon Givens, at this point, we've got about a minute and a half, Mr. Devon. We have a Twitter question from at D 85 and we'll close the show with this. Will Markel Foltz return this season? So far, the last couple days, it seems like the signs have been good. We don't know when, but it seems like progress is being made. Yeah, it looks like progress has been made. He's out on the floor, able to uh, participate in a lot of the... Uh, full practices and even shoot-arounds now so it's an encouraging sign it's tough to say but it seems like of course that brett brown and the rest of the crew really are leaning that direction now is he back to normal we don't know but i don't think so that they'll put him back on the floor if they don't believe he is at least close to 100 percent. we all can't wait and he will be much needed for that second half push as they look towards the postseason the big headline tonight, though, Joel Embiid, an all-star starter for the 76ers, and that, Devon, is a good thing when you step back big picture looking at what this franchise is hoping to do. Absolutely, and even tonight, Celts with the great accomplishment by Joel Embiid, making the all-star team wait on Ben Simmons and find out what he has in store for him next week. A big opportunity for them tonight against the Boston Celtics National Television. Of course, Tom McGinnis, you guys here on the call on the Sixers Radio Network. And then, of course, the fact that there's no Kyrie Irving against the Boston Celtics tonight, the best team in the Eastern Conference. So hopefully they can take advantage of that and come away with the victory tonight in Boston. Devon, always good speaking to you, whether in person or through the good old radio waves. Always a pleasure. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else.